Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. It's the final week of the This Is Us series, okay? This is us, who we are as men and women of God, who we are as the church. That's what this series is all about. This is us. So hopefully over the last few weeks, about seven weeks we've had on this so far, there has been something that has just, as as Laura said, resonated with you. The thought, yes, that is who I am as a son or a daughter of the king. That is who I am. And today's one is this phrase that we've, we've used a lot over the last 10 years now. We're 10 years old as Life Church. And um, this phrase that we've used called priesthood of all believers. All right, it sounds very fancy. But what does it mean to us in 2023? And that's what we're going to look at a little bit of that today. It's a big topic. And I know we've got a series coming on later this year that's really going to look into the priesthood. But this is hopefully today just going to give us some, some um, little nuggets just to help us on our journey. If I was to ask you, what is the role of a priest? What words would you think of? It's a rhetorical question, so don't start shouting out at me. All right. Although maybe that would have been good, a Q&A session. All right, okay. Some of the things that come out to my mind is a priest is someone who serves God, It's someone who lives a holy lifestyle. It's someone who hears from God. It's maybe a religious leader. And in the Old Testament, that's exactly what a priest was. The priests served in the temple. They stood out from the rest of the Israelites because they had special clothing on. They lived separate lifestyles. And they were only allowed, only they were allowed to go into an area called the Holy of Holies in the temple. And the Holy of Holies was a place behind a huge curtain that separated the area of the temple. God's presence, where the Ark of the Covenant was, rested behind it. And the priest had access once a year. Once a year they could go through that curtain and they had to sacrifice animals for their sins. They had to sacrifice animals for the sins of the nation. And one of the priest's job was to guide and lead people in God's ways and his standards. But when Jesus came, the Bible describes him as the great high priest. Because the moment Jesus gave his life up on the cross for you and for me, the moment he was sacrificed, the Bible tells us that the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. And that signified that no more sacrifices were needed. Once and for all, because of what Jesus had done, forgiveness was available and all of us could have direct access to God through Jesus Christ. There was a shift in the relationship between God and man. And Paul, in the book of Hebrews, he reminds this to the early church. He says, dear brothers and sisters, he says, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood 
of Jesus. Because by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. So Jesus, the great high priest, gave every single one of us access to God through his crucifixion. And then Peter, he goes one step further in his letters, um, 1 Peter to the early church. He says to them, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And because of what Jesus has done, because of what the great high priest has done, we have been given new identities in Christ. We've been called to serve God and we've been called to serve people. We have all been given direct access to God. That is our identity. That's your identity as a follower of Jesus. That's my identity. And identities are a funny thing. Some of you who are married, ladies, you will understand that there's probably been a time in your life when you have had to take on a new identity. It's called marriage. All right? So for me, when I got married, I was once Sarah Hewitt. And then all of a sudden, by the signing of a piece of paper... I became Sarah Dewhurst. And that at the moment, and that time was very easy. It was a very simple thing to do. But then I realized, oh, passport, driving license, bank cards, all these different things. Before I could use them, they had to take on my new identity. I remember going to the shops. And I remember, it back, in, back when I got married, like, you had to sign, do you remember, before the chip and pin? You know, before you had to remember a number. It was, well, it's tap now, isn't it? But I had to sign. And I remember once signing Sarah Hewitt. And the lady looking at it and looking at my bank card thinking, they don't match up. And I was like, oh, no, sorry, I just got married. Like, sorry, can you do it again? I'll sign it again. And, um, and I signed it Sarah Dewhurst. I even remember, I used to teach in a school and um, in a secondary school, I used to te teach music. And I remember one day, just exhausted, probably year nines. Year nines are the worst, okay? And I remember driving home, just like getting into my car at school, thinking, oh, I just need to go home. I just need to put some mindless television on. I need to put my feet up on the sofa. I just need to rest. And I remember driving home and just pulling into the driveway, sighing, oh, relief. That is it. Done for the day. Stepping out of my car and realizing I've driven all the way to my parents' house. And I was like, that is not who I am anymore. I am not Sarah Hewitt. And I'm to get back in the car and driving back home to Lucas. She was probably wondering where, where I was at that point in time. And sometimes, as followers of Jesus, we can slip into our old identities. Because when we're going through things in life, when we're going through 
different circumstances, different situations. We can try and get through things in our own strength, in, our, in the old ways we've always done, because we can forget we have direct access to God, that we have a way to come to Father God in the midst of our situations, in the midst of our problems, that we never had before until we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that's who we are. We're living stones. We are a living part of God's household. We are stones that God wants to use to build his spiritual house. You and I are part of his royal priesthood. And whether you've been a Christian for a week or for 50 years, we all have that same direct access to God. There is no hierarchy of Christians in the kingdom of God. You do not have to be a church leader in order to hear the voice of God. You can hear him wherever you are, and that is who we are. Phoebe, can you help me, please? Phoebe's been looking forward to this. She works out she thinks she's quite buff. She does. Her and her sister Lois, they have lots of competitions over who kind of pushes weights and, and does things at the gym. You're stronger, are you? Yeah, that's what you would say. I'm sure um, Lois would say something different. Right, living stones. Now, Phoebe is holding a beautiful brick. Now, I'm not a bricklayer. I just want to put that out there in case you thought I was this morning. But I do know this that this brick, as wonderful as it is, it cannot build a house. Why? Because it's just, it's just one brick. I mean, it's totally perfect. It's all that it needs to be. And no matter how strong the foundation was, this brick cannot build a house. It needs other individual bricks to come alongside it. It needs bricks at the side. It needs bricks on top. Those bricks need bricks on top of them if a house is going to be built. Someone said this to me the other week. They said, this brick, the brick's sole purpose is to build something bigger than itself. And as individual believers, listen, we are like individual living stones. And it's only when you and I come together it's only when you and I bring the gifts that God has given each of us will we see the house of God built. You see, each of us is significant. Each of us has a job to do. But only when we come together and when we operate together can we be built into a spiritual house. Thank you, Phoebe. That's it. Give her a round of applause. I know. It's a hard job standing there. Peter wrote this, he said, we are a chosen people, plural. We are a royal priesthood, plural. We are a holy nation, plural. And every Christian is part of God's house. We're his body. We're his living stones. And we all have a part in proclaiming who God is to the world around us. And so as priests... Every single one of us has something to offer God. 
The Old Testament priest's calling was to serve God, serve people. And as the body of Christ, as the priesthood of all believers, that mandate has not changed. And so this morning, we're going to look at three ways every believer has been called to serve as a priest. The first thing is this. We've been called to serve obediently. Jesus said these words. He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. You know, the more time that I spend with Jesus, the more time I spend reading his word, the more time I spend talking to him, the more we do that, the more we will realize and see those things in our life that offend Jesus. Those patterns of behavior, the way we react to people in different situations. And this is building our lives on the solid rock. As his living stones, we've been called to grow in our relationship with God so that we can know his voice, that we can hear the things he has to say to us so that we can live lives obediently to him. Because our obedience, as we live and do the right things, we bring glory to God through that. Jesus constantly spent time with his Father. Constantly. And because of that, it meant that he knew the things that God wanted him to do. In John 16, Jesus is praying. It's kind of like his final prayer. And he prays for his disciples, he prays for his followers, he prays for those people yet to believe in him. But Jesus says this, he says, I have brought glory to God here on earth by completing the work he gave for me to do. And by Jesus being obedient in the things God's called him to do, it brought glory to God. And as priests, we've been called to live obedient lives because God wants us to bring glory to him. He wants us to be obedient in the big things, the big decisions, the, the little decisions, those decisions that no one sees that you're making. In those, our obedience will bring glory to God. The second thing is, we have been called as priests to serve sacrificially. You know, the greatest sacrifice that ever happened was Jesus giving his life up for the whole world on the cross. His life, his sacrifice paid our penalty of death. And we receive forgiveness for all the things we've done wrong because of what Jesus did. And Paul, he sends out a plea to the body of Christ because of what Jesus done. This is what he says in Romans. He says, I urge you, Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In other words, in response to this gospel, in response to what Jesus has done for you, in response to your new identity in Christ, listen, let your whole life every area of you be worship to God. Stop living for yourself. 
Paul writes, stop doing what's convenient for you and live a life of sacrifice. Live a life of surrender. Give God everything. And in the Old Testament, we see that's what the priests did. They offered their lives as a sacrifice before the people and before God. And there's three ways they kind of revealed to people that they were living a life of sacrifice. The first thing they did was they put blood on the back of their right ear. By putting blood on the back of their right ear, they were letting folk know, listen, everything that I think of, everything that I see, everything that I speak about, I am committed to serving God in it. And then they put blood on their right thumb. And that symbolized that everything they, their hands found to do, no matter what it was, it would bring glory to God. And then finally, they had blood on their right toe. And that symbolized that they were committing themselves to always walking the ways of God, going places that God would have them to do. In that act of putting the blood on the different parts of their body, they were saying, listen, from head to toe, I am a servant of the Almighty God. There's a verse in a hymn that I'm reminded of, and it says, you'll know it, it says, Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast. Save in the death of Christ my Lord. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. And you know, today, as priests of God, we do not need to put blood on our ear, our thumb, on our toe, because we have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. But we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. So my question this morning is, what things do we need to lay aside? What things in our lives distract us from following Jesus? What things do we need to put down because they hinder us in our relationship with him. You see, true worship is to live a life in view of him. It is to put our wants, our desires aside because we want to serve him wholeheartedly, sacrificially, and with a life of surrender. And as his living stones... Are we ready to serve God from the top of our head to the soles of our feet? And finally, we've been called to serve God faithfully. As his royal priesthood, everything we say and do must be for the glory of God. Our obedience, our sacrifice and our faithfulness in every season we find ourselves brings God glory. And you and I, everywhere we go, we represent Jesus. In the shops, you're a minister of God. You know, the lettuce is running low, the cucumber's running low. Listen, don't be grabbing it off the old lady because you need a cucumber. Listen, we're a minister of God. You know, let's give way to somebody else. Let's prefer someone else. In college, You're a minister of God. In your workplace, the decisions you make, 
in your office with your colleagues. You're a minister of God. In your marriage, with your kids, how you live your life in your family. Listen, you're a minister of God. And we've each been called to serve God faithfully where we find ourselves. And we've been called to serve God faithfully here in the church. Which means that there has to be an outworking of what God is doing in our lives in our church. Remember the brick. On its own, it can't build anything. But alongside other bricks, a house can be built. Peter says this. He says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. So whatever gift you have been given today, you are to use it to serve the church, to serve others, to be faithful in it and bring glory to God with it. But sometimes we can struggle and we can think, you know, I know God says we've all been given gifts, but I don't actually know what it is that I've been given to do. So the first thing I would get you to ask yourself is this, what am I naturally good at? What things am I good at? What things light up my life I love to do around other people? For some of you, it is encouraging. You, you're just great at encouraging others. You walk up to them. You give them a hug. And that might be the first hug someone has had that week. And you encourage them. For some of you, it might be that you just love to listen to people. You just love to listen to the things that they're going through. And as priests, we've been called to lay down our lives for each other. And who we are as priests of God, listen, is far more important than the things that we do. But by doing what God has called you and I to do and being faithful in it, we become those living stones that God wants us to be. You know, the great thing about being a priest of God is that we don't have to wait for a Sunday to hear from God. We can hear him on a Monday when we're picking up the Bible and we're reading it. We can hear him on a Tuesday on the school run. We can hear him on a Wednesday when we're sat having lunch with our colleagues at work. We can hear him on a Thursday when we're walking around the shops. We can hear him on a Friday when we're hanging out with friends. We can hear God even at a football match when we are hanging out there on a Saturday. Listen, you and I are living stones. We have direct access to God and we can hear him at any moment, any time of the day in our lives. Peter wrote, you're a chosen people, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, you are God's own possession. 
God is looking for a royal priesthood that will make themselves available to be used. God uses those who walk in obedience. God uses those who are seeking to live a life of sacrificial worship. And those who are being faithful in every season that they find themselves. And this is us. Life Church, we are the royal priesthood. We've been called to walk obediently, to live sacrificially, and to be faithful. Now, I don't know where you may find yourself today. You may find, Lord, I've been obedient and I've been burned by it. That's okay. Because God's called us to walk in obedience. Sometimes being taking the obedient route is not the easy route. And we're called to walk into it and be faithful in it. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, Lord, I ask that you will just remind each of us this morning, God, that we, as your people, as your living stones, as your priesthood, Lord, we all have access to you. Lord, in our darkest moments, Lord, you don't leave us. Lord, we have access to you. Lord, when we're not knowing which way to turn, God, we have access to you. When we're chatting with a friend and they're going through something deep, Lord, we can hear and know your wisdom for the moment and have direct access to you. And you can use us to speak that encouragement to somebody. Lord, I pray, Father, that you will just remind us again today that you work in us, you work through us, God. And Lord, help every single one of us just to live lives that bring you glory. Help us to hear the things that you would have us do so that we bring glory to you. God, we, we recommit, Lord, our, our lives and we surrender to you again this morning and say, God, use us, use us, Lord, to bring glory, to reach others who don't know you, to serve one another well. Lord, to bring encouragement. Lord, to hear your voice. Help us, oh God. Amen. 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 We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.